are you? I'm great. Good. I apologize in advance. I had coffee, so I might be a little bit of a lot. You know, I am struggling to wake up at noon on a Sunday. <laughs> well, I woke up around like 930. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and then I had coffee because I knew I had a lot of things I wanted to do today. Yeah. I rolled out of bed a half an hour before we were supposed to start this thing, and then it took another hour <clears throat> on top of that. Yes. Uh, but we're here. It's Sunday. It's Goose Chase. Uh, we have podcast dogs. It's it, Today it's happening. <laughs> yes. It is Mother's Hopefully, Day. Hopefully, yes, it is. Happy <sighs> Mother's Day to those who celebrate, and mm-hmm. happy normal lazy Sunday to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. The, um, because I care about you all, too. The, you know, uh... I, so I'll just, I'll just briefly talk about it. Uh, but like, I intend to see my mom today mm-hmm. during a time when the state of Ohio says you probably should still stay home and I feel guilty about it, but I'm, I'm coming clean. But also like, let's be honest and clear about the fact that you're not going over her house and giving her a big hug and like no. being all up in her business. No, we're going to be outside. Uh, my sister will be there with her baby too. Which um, will be the first time you get to see him in person. Which is so exciting to me. You, you already know you're going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to have to bring <laughs> tissues to meet this baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so he was born in March. Yeah. In the midst of all of this. And so no one except your mom and stepdad and, of course, your sister (laughs) and uh, her significant other, Dakota, whose child it is, have really gotten to interact with him. Yeah, right. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. This whole thing has changed everything. I know I'm going to get, like, weepy just seeing my family again. That's okay. I've seen my mom a couple times. I've dropped stuff off. I've yeah. picked stuff up. Um, yesterday, I bought her a pizza from Westside Bowl mm-hmm. because she mentioned she really wanted to try it. They have a pickle pizza. Yeah. And it had been going around Facebook, especially. Um, a lot of groups, I'm sure this is everywhere, but a lot of groups have popped up like Mahoning County Takeout, Trumbull County Takeout. Because, like, everyone's just doing takeout now, all the restaurants. So it's kind of a place for people to be like, oh, I had this, it's good. Or for the businesses themselves to be like, here are our specials today if you want to take advantage of them. Um, And Westside Bowl comes up a lot because they're doing cool stuff. We, I think we mentioned before that they have, like, the pizzas they're giving away. Yeah. People will pay ahead for pizzas. Um. And so a lot of people have been talking about them. They're a really good business. They were before this happened, and they continue to be. Yeah. The, I said to you the other day, like, <clears throat> the, the town has selected them yeah. for not just survival, but. To, to put this in perspective, they, they had been opening at 4 p.m. Because business, <laughs> the takeout business had gotten so busy for them, and the wait times were getting a little ridiculous, and they weren't proud of that. They decided Mm -hmm. to open two extra hours, Mm -hmm. open it two instead of four. Right. So yesterday I called, well, the the whole thing is I told my mom I was going to buy her one of these pizzas for Mother's Day and so she could try it because I know she won't go pick it up herself on the other side of town. And I know she doesn't really know how to order from like Uber Eats and stuff like that. Right. And someone like my brother who lives there could and would do it for her, but she wouldn't ask. So I'm like. Let me just do this for you because I know you want to try it and I want you to try it. And I'm going to get one for me and Dave because we want to have it too. Yeah. So 
<laughs> that's my plan. It's been the plan for like a week. I get my a text from my brother like the day before day of like, oh, you're getting pizza for mom. I was going to do that. <laughs> and thus a battle of kindness began. <laughs> As it always does in my family. Where only one can one can win and be the kind one. No, so, that's not what happened. So the solution was he would get them some wings to go with their food. And I would pick everything up and deliver it because that was my plan anyway. Mm-hmm. And he called when they opened at two to place an order for four or a little bit before four. And he had to call twice because mm-hmm. the first time it was busy. And even when the call was answered, he was put on hold twice during the call. Yeah. That's how busy they were at two. Yeah. Right. I called at 206. I called four or five times in a row. Straight busy signal. Waited 15 minutes, called back, got through. Their orders were already filled up until four. Right. So, like, basically, the the takeaway here is Youngstown's, you know, already good spoken. guy business. Like, like already our, like, hero of a business is, yeah. like, like, they can't even keep up with the... With the additional time. Right. And I'm not mad about any of this, about no. the fact that it's more complicated to get an order, about the fact that I have to wait a little bit. It's I, great news. Yeah. Even when they told me, like, it might be a little after four, I was like, if I have to stand there and wait for a minute, I'll wait for a minute. Yeah. If I have to go to my car and wait for a minute, I'll wait for a minute. I don't care. Yeah. Like, that's good for you guys. But um, I, I went and I did that and I brought the pizza over and they enjoyed their food and that was great. But like... Not hugging my mom. I know. I don't get to hug my mom for Mother's Day. I also drew her a picture of her dogs. It said Happy Mom's Day on it and sent that to her today. She yeah. really liked it, by the way. I was considering, how insane is this? I was like, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to go visit my mom. I want to hug my mom. Is there a way for us to hold our breath <laughs> and then approach from like 20 feet away, come together for a hug, then get <laughs> 20 feet away again, and then exhale. <laughs> is that safe? Yeah. It, How insane is the world? It's really tough. It's it's really, really tough. Like, I'm there's, like, there's no... We don't know. There's, like, no... <laughs> I know. Way to know what's okay and what's not okay. Ohio has a pretty good idea right now as far as ramping up testing... Using, you know, case tracking to try and figure out where, like, small clusters are. And, and, and increasing capacity for both those things over, like, a four-week period. Yeah. While watching the numbers of cases come in. Like, Ohio has some good ideas. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know. I, I feel like we stand a chance here of doing okay for the next four weeks. But we don't know. Yeah. It's tough. And and on that note, we've been continuing to just, like, do everything we can to yeah. keep ourselves distracted and happy. We played Monster of the Week again last night, which yeah. was super fun. I mean, <laughs> our, our group has dealt with things like Wendigos and werewolves. <coughs> and then last night, we were bested by three cobras, <laughs> regular cobras. We tried to shoot them. Yep. Everybody missed. Some no, your character got sm- no, not everybody. I I'm, I, well, sh- I I killed two of those. Cobras. True, <laughs> mortally wounded. Yeah. Um. Everybody didn't miss. 
we all at different times rolled very poorly <laughs> and you got shot in the foot by someone who was trying to shoot the snakes but panicked and it, shot you it's really funny because i you also got bit by a snake i wanted to like i was saying before this like i was like <sighs> i gotta figure out a way to like really get the professor involved more because sometimes i feel like i don't know exactly what to do so i'm like <laughs> all right here's my golden moment let's i have shoot, a gun i'll shoot the snake shoot cobras with a shotgun um and of with course, buckshot like, and of course, uh, then got bit and then got shot in the foot and then uh, had to be carted away to the hospital. My character tried to do something really cool and yeah. teleport you to the hospital <laughs> and completely <laughs> failed. So to everyone else, I'm just like, we're going to the hospital now. Retreat. Fend for yourselves. And then I grabbed you, looked real intense, and nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, earlier in this little saga... Yeah. I appeared behind a locked door right behind your shoulder in front of everyone. Uh-huh. Nobody noticed or cared. Right. I proved I can do this. That was really but funny. But I tried to do it in the heat of the moment and nothing fucking happened. That was really funny. <laughs> uh, that was that was great because I was trying to ignore everybody. And then uh, I just like uh, turn around and you're there. Yes. Uh, as is uh, Alma's weird way. Yeah, that's one of my character's things <clears throat> is she's <clears throat> like the weird old lady on campus that's everywhere. And um, uh, everyone is kind of annoyed by it, but also just sort of ignores it. Can we talk about the flush for a minute? <laughs> I know you really I'm want dy- to. So I'm yes. dying to talk about the flush. Explain some more. what this is. This is a the best one of the. It's a golden day for America. Is okay. what it is. Um, okay, okay, okay. Very recently, uh, maybe Friday. Not sure. Um, the uh, so the Supreme Court has been having to. These dogs are like battling to the death over here. Yes. Um, if you hear weird sounds, it's them fighting in the background. Yeah, Leroy's just basically like he's got Bo essentially on the ropes. He's like walk. He's like standing on two legs. And he's going to fall over. He's about to hump him, I think. Yeah, probably. Go for it, dude. Eh, Bo won't let him. Um, there. Wow. No, all right. Well, Actually, that's just... the furthest that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And now they're just going around the coffee table in circles. Anyway, no one cares about that. Here's I, I want to hear about this flush so because the supreme court is handling you know like taking cases differently during all this they're all at home right and like the recordings of these are being like you know uh uh uh, broadcast on c-span as a result right Mm -hmm. um and so something amazing happened the other day which is in the middle of the the case they're currently hearing so like the 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 way that they're doing it is justices are getting selected in seniority order to ask questions right um so Stephen Breyer uh, gets a chance to uh, ask his, you know, his questions or whatever. And then Sonia Sotomayor is next. Right. Mm-hmm. And during Sotomayor's questioning and uh, I can't remember who was speaking to, you know, who, who she was questioning. It almost really doesn't matter. Um, in the middle of her questioning or his answering, there is a series of sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one, the noticeable one is a toilet flushing. Yes. So. Uh, someone over at Slate wrote a really funny, really, like, they, they went all gumshoe I'm, on I'm it. telling you, that person is just so bored well, because there's not a lot happening. I this, mean, there's a lot happening, but not that hasn't already been discussed to death. Right. I mean, there is a, there's a lot to, there's, <laughs> I don't know, there's, if you really want to, you can make quite a meal out of this. And they did. They did. Um, so the question is, whose was the flush? 
with all of these justices on the phone call, plus all these other interested okay. parties. And, and here's the thing to put this in perspective of like, it is kind of to be expected that people are working from home. People are going to multitask. Oh, yeah. But also, it's an important job. And if you were <laughs> in person doing your job, you would not be going to the bathroom at the same time. Like, you have the potential. You have the capability of holding it. Right. And we know we know you do because you don't shit yourself at the Supreme <laughs> Court hearings we, regularly. We don't know that. <laughs> That's true. There's no way for me to really know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said something <laughs> real weird. Uh, <laughs> glassing by that. So, like, I don't know. On the one hand, I'm like, treat it like it's your normal job and take it with the importance that it always has been. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, I get it. You're now working from home and now you have like the responsibilities of home that you never really did before because you weren't in the house. So right. now you're like, Doing your dishes while you're on this hearing. Right, which and, is actually, that's another one of the things that is heard yeah. on the call, is, is someone doing dishes. Um, <clears throat> and this is like typical work from home stuff. Like, come on, dogs, easy, come on. Um, when you when you work from home and you're in your home environment, home stuff bleeds into your work stuff. It's just not possible to totally separate it, you know? Oh my god! Okay, that was not an invitation <laughs> for you to get closer and fight. Yeah, they've they've decided to come over here now and snarl at each other. That's great. Good okay. podcasting. Leroy, sit. Um, Boba, sit. You know, what? hold on a minute. We're gonna take a break. Okay, so that's that dealt with. The dogs are upstairs behind a fortified wall of chairs. <laughs> um. Anyway. Oh, what the hell is this? Um, uh, we were talking about the the sounds that you hear on the Supreme Court hearing call, right. which is the typical things that you do yeah. when you work from home and you have to take a call. Right. So some of that is just like to be expected, <laughs> like, you know, people walking around, opening and closing doors and dogs barking and stuff like that. Like, that's normal. But it's <laughs> the, the series of sounds that culminates in a toilet flush. Is so funny. Yes. To me. And also, like, I, if I had to be on any conference call, I would not go to the bathroom during it. No. Especially if I knew it was going to be televised. The the one time that we had a toilet flush on a call at my job, ever, no one stopped talking about it for like a week. <laughs> it was such, and it was, and it was a big deal of who did the flushing. That's so funny. The guy who was talking at the time actually went around to people and was just like, just so you know, that wasn't. That wasn't me, (laughs) you know, like he's, well, I mean, you know, cause he had to message people online, but he was going around being like, guys, that wasn't me. I wasn't on the toilet, you know? (laughs) Um, so the, the, the mystery of all of this is, I guess a little bit spoiled right now. Cause I've just said it, but this person at Slate tracked it down to, they're pretty sure it was Stephen Breyer. Yeah. Uh, And the reasons for this are like numerous and there's like a, there's like all this deduction involved, and there's also like waveforms of the like right. they took waveforms of the audio and look and be like, uh, you okay, can tell this, you, you this can tell person mutes, that person mutes when they're not talking. Right, he never seems to mute himself. We can tell he didn't mute. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in a hospital, so it wasn't her. Right. Um. Yeah, and so he he deduces that it was probably this person, <laughs> and that person never seems to mute. Yeah. Which would would 
<laughs> make him a likely culprit. He demonstrates like a years long like uh, <clears throat> issue like of like not knowing how to like do things like mute his cell phone and stuff like that. He just like doesn't yeah. seem to get tech, mm-hmm. which makes all of this so great. And okay, so also they go through the audio a second time. Basically, they go through and listen to the events leading up to the flush <laughs> to determine yeah what must have happened. And they note that you can't hear. And if someone was peeing, you would hear the pee. Yeah. Peeing is pretty, that gets picked up on a microphone, but you might not hear a poop. My favorite part of this is that, (laughs) is that, so we heard the dishwashing sounds. Yeah. So he infers that like approximately... It's like 47 It's like 47 minutes later. Yeah, minutes before the the bathroom goings on, you hear like he probably ate a meal. Yeah. And then he had his line of questioning. Yeah. So which is like a safe time to yeah. not be in the spotlight and yeah. then the, the, the you hear the things that the writer points out. Right. There's uh you could you could listening to the audio here, you know, depending on what exactly you make of the sound. A person sitting down. A the, the, you you hear someone getting up. You hear a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. It's depth. Like it. It, it sounds like sound a, toilet a toilet seat yeah. dropping. <laughs> um, and uh, then you hear some other sounds. I, I'm, I'll let you get into this because you're so delighted. I'm so excited. There is a there is an audible plop. Mm-hmm. There is a plop. You can. There's supposedly two, and the first one's too quiet. I couldn't really hear it, but the second yeah. one. The yeah, right. The first plop that they. I'm like, okay, that's kind of that's dicey. I'm not so sure that's a plop, but the second plop. That was a plop. That's solid a plop. plop. Definitely a plop. Talking about this, guys. Lid goes down. Shit. Toilet flushes. Yep. Yep. I, that's it. I think I can. <laughs> I think I can stop talking about this now. But you're just like delighted by this. <laughs> For a reason I don't necessarily completely understand. It makes me but... very happy that a Supreme Court justice's poop was aired on C-SPAN in 2020. Yeah. Mm, it's a very important poop. Um, a supreme poop. <laughs> the supremest. <laughs> um, it, the thing that makes me happy about it is the amount of work that journalist yeah. put into it. Right. And I often dislike Slate. Like oh, Slate really? annoys the piss out of me sometimes. Why is that? Um, because one time they wrote a really, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't even the same person. Wait, wait, hold on. Slate annoys you sometimes because one time. <laughs> yes. I hold grudges. Okay. Against whole <laughs> organizations because one person you, had a shitty take. <laughs> they annoy me sometimes because one time. Well, there have been other articles they wrote that I'm like, okay, you're um, just like trying yeah. to have an angle on this yeah, and sure. I don't like it, but it was about the like the the outdated thing of putting two spaces after a period and yeah. they used to do that because of um like it, the, the kerning of uh typewriters sure. and lack thereof and then once we moved to like word processors and computers you didn't have to do that anymore but the people mm-hmm. still teaching it right that's what they knew so they Just taught it as a it. convention yeah well the the take that this person had on it was like that you're stupid if you still use two spaces. <laughs> and it annoyed me because like mean. I went to school in the early 2000s. I graduated high school in 2006. Yeah. This article came out in like 2013. Yeah. 
until that article, until like it, and it became like a big take at the time for some reason. Uh-huh. I had never heard not to do that. I had always been taught two spaces after a period by every teacher I ever had who taught, you know, grammar and writing and typing and all that shit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's like a shitty take when this is what a lot of people were taught. And I was not old at the time. I was in my 20, early 20s. Yeah. So I was like, I don't like, I don't know why your tone is so adversarial about it, a thing that people just don't know not to do. I'll, I'll tell you, it took me like half a decade to stop doing that. And you still do it sometimes and it still annoys your boss. Yes, right. And still do it sometimes. <laughs> it became a thing that she would like, like playfully, you know, like kind of rib me about. But like, yeah. I, it's, it took forever even to just think about it while I'm writing, because it's just such a well, thing you get used to. Well, your entire education, you were taught to do it. Then yeah. you have to unlearn something you were trained to do. Yeah, and it's not just like, oh, I learned it briefly in typing class and then whatever, because you then write things <laughs> for, you know, the rest of your, you yeah. know, school career. And you went to school for technical writing, mm-hmm. and no one corrected you on it then. Yeah, well, it. yeah, you're right. Maybe they, I don't know, no one did. I don't think I remember that becoming an issue. But the thing is, the people that were teaching me also. Right. right. <laughs> you know. I'm saying, like, it wasn't until 2013 that someone took a look at this and was like, this is a hot take. I'm going to spread around. And they did. Yeah. The point is, Slate, fuck you. I'll never read anything you write it's, ever again. I hold grudges. <laughs> I I will be honest and say, like, because one person said something, had, like, a real shitty take I didn't like. That's so it weird. It colors things to me. But it's not the only time Slate has had an article that was shitty like that. That I was like, "What the fuck is your problem?" Yeah, They've also put, had articles, articles that are fine. Yeah, but like the fact that whoever's running Slate is like, "Yeah, that's it. Have that real shitty take." <laughs> and also, like, it's maybe a little, a little shitty to like do detective work into finding out who shit on a phone call. But it's also very funny. Oh, it's it's <laughs> of it's of. It's supreme importance. <laughs> it is okay. so good to me. We spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> um, we could take more time. I could talk about no, this for hours. And I, I went, yeah. I, I think we're good. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to quickly note that um, I'm trying something new today because I got my new laptop. Yeah. And uh, I did all my research <sighs> for this episode on my laptop the microsoft surface yes and put my notes into OneNote, which was really cool because i was handwriting my notes and i mentioned this to you the other day but like when you're handwriting your notes you kind of have to have a good idea of like the logical way you want to organize everything because Mm -hmm. there's i usually write in pen and unless i want to rip out a page and reorganize everything and rewrite it down or draw arrows which is just messy and confusing and looks gross um there's like no good way to do it and i had a lot of hard i had a really hard time organizing my thoughts on this one because there were just a lot of different angles and so one note was really cool because i had like blocks of text Mm -hmm. and could move them wherever i wanted I could expand it out to the right or left. I could move it above something, below something. So, of course, when you order your Microsoft Surface, use our promo code <laughs> GooseChase to save $200 <laughs> yeah. off. I'm, I'm, this is not an Surface advertisement <laughs> for them, but I have really enjoyed using it because it's just made this a lot more convenient. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I wanted to say about that. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, you know, there is something else. 
Yeah. Before we get into the main episode, I kind of feel like playing a game, but I would really like you to run it. We don't do that. Well, I know we don't usually do it, but I thought maybe just as like something special. That's not our thing. We don't play games. I know, but I'm like, just roll with me here. I think it might be nice if this time we played a game. I can't imagine anything fun, but what what do you have in mind? Well, I thought maybe a little game called Trues and News. Fuck yeah. You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for Trues and News. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. Famous game. Famous game. The game that's taken the internet by storm. It's time for Trues and a Merv Griffin production. So what the hell is it? Oh, I thought you were going to explain it. No, if we're doing this, you <laughs> you propose the game. Shit, twice in you a row. Could, yeah. God damn it. That bit backfired. <laughs> Trues and Fnoos is a game, a fun little game, an internet game sweeping the nation in which you will tell me three... Uh, not headlines because you play it wrong, <laughs> but news blurbs. True will be false. The news one will be true. The trues, and I have to tell you which is which. Yes, that sure sounds like a game. Yeah, that I could just invent right now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, just off the top of my head, with no preparation. All right. Number one. <laughs> In the UK, entrants are lining up to participate online in this year's Dorset Knob Eating Contest, where entrants try to eat as many knobs as fast as they can, including one entrant from Cockermouth. Oh, what's a knob? <laughs> uh, what's a Dorset Knob? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your reaction is, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> a Dorset I Knob. I don't know what it is, and I'm scared of the answer. <laughs> Mystery. Abounds. Is it a dick? <laughs> is it just, is it a blowjob? Is it actually a dick-eating contest? Yes. No, it's not a dick-eating okay. contest. All right, well, I'm going to search it. Don't do it. Nope, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a food. I, I didn't actually search. I just got a little indication that it was a, a food. This is a, you cannot Google in the middle of the news quiz. I just wanted to know what a Dorset knob was you and you weren't telling me. We are really fired up on caffeine today. Yes. I, it's a food. All I saw is that it's a food. I yeah. just needed to know that it wasn't a penis. Ne never again. Okay. Okay. Fine. Uh, don't, don't like me on the podcast. <laughs> Number two, to help people staying at home, Entenmans has released the recipe for the classic cherry cheese Danish. But readers are angry that they can't get their hands on calcium propionate, sorbic acid, and sodium propionate. All right. Number three. At a recent Sotheby's, how do you, Sotheby's auction? Do you know the I auction people? I saw it people. was Sotheby's. Yeah. Uh, bidders enthusiastically competed over a little-known Monet, raising the price to $34 million, But were all thoroughly embarrassed when the auctioneers realized mid-bidding that the painting was hanging <laughs> upside down. <laughs> Okay, I need to recap on this. All right. <sighs> Number one, dick eating contest. In the UK, <laughs> entrants are lining up to participate online in this year's Dorset Knob Eating Contest, where entrants try to eat as many knobs as fast as they can, including one entrant from Cockermouth. 
Number All two, right. Number two. To help people staying at home, Entenmann's releases the recipe for their classic cherry cheese Danish, but readers are <laughs> angry they can't get their hands on calcium propionate, sorbic acid, and sodium propionate. And number three, at a recent Sotheby's, oh God, this is throwing me, Sotheby's auction, <laughs> bidders enthusiastically competed over a little-known Monet, raising the price to $34 million, but were all thoroughly embarrassed when the auctioneers realized mid-bidding that the painting was hanging upside down. This is a hard one. Good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first one. Tell me what Dorset knobs are, David. That's my summary. Um, the second one is get these chemicals out of my processed food. Uh, the third one I didn't really come up with one for, but... Um, That's all right. Upside down painting faux pas. Just drumming my fingers here with anticipation. Um, please don't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to say that the, well, um, hmm. They probably aren't doing competitions right now because of social distancing, but the article could have been before the social distancing. Can you read that one again? Okay. In the UK, entrants are lining up to participate <clears throat> online in this year's Dorset Knob Eating Contest. Online. Where entrants try to eat as many knobs as fast as they can, including one entrant from Cockermouth. Cockermouth, probably. Mm. Cock Cockermouth. <laughs> Cockermouth is funnier. Um, you know what? Because I want it to be true, and I know I make this mistake all the time, but I'm gonna say that the Dorset knobs are yeah the truth. You got it. Really? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you got okay, it. Okay, now what is a Dorset knob? <laughs> It's so funny to me. I so a Dorset knob is just a biscuit. It's it's just a okay. regular old biscuit. Okay. It's a dry biscuit. It's I a savory I was thinking biscuit. maybe it was some kind of mushroom. I like did not know what it was, and it was weird, it's, and it upset me. It's well, yeah. How do you think I felt when I first saw a knob eating contest? <laughs> I was like, uh oh. And cocker mouth. Cocker mouth. Yeah, that's an actual place. I looked it up. It's named uh, as it is because of the the fact that the, the I think it's the Cocker River literally mm. runs mm -hmm, into it. Mm -hmm. um, we're out of it. How does a river mouth work? I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, that's a real thing that people are really competing in. <laughs> Apparently, someone really did a great job uh, in like 2005 or something, and hasn't been upstaged since. By they ate like 16 of these things in the allotted wow. time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's because it's a dry biscuit that it's so hard to eat so many of yeah, them. Yeah, it's like eating a bunch of saltines, yeah. except fluffier. Right. Maybe. I don't Maybe. even know if it's fluffy. It well, might be I think it yeah, actually is dense. I think their biscuits are more like our scones. Yeah, I think. Uh, and their scones are more like our oh, biscuits. Oh, yeah. It's not a biscuit like we would think of a biscuit. It's not a sweet biscuit. It's a like savory a breakfast biscuit. biscuit. It's like a, biscuits are kind of like cookies, right? I think. Yes, biscuits are cookies. <laughs> That's what it is. Wow. Oof. Wow. To anyone listening in the uh, UK. Yeah, we, there's not. Yeah, there's not. But uh, boy, if there were. And we were, know why. <laughs> Ignorant Americans. We did say knob eating so many times that someone might have turned it off by now. But then that's their contest you over there. You know what? Good for them. Gobble that knob. <laughs> knob gobblers unite. <laughs> Um, All right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was. I uh, won. I won. 
was. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it online too, which like, I my first thought was there's a real likelihood that someone could cheat. <clears throat> they have to do it live. Yeah, they have to do it live. But also, if they, they have find to a way to soften their own that biscuit, if they soften that biscuit up somehow, don't you dare soften that biscuit. There's no quality control with the biscuit. Yeah. Hmm. Dorset nub. That's okay. People also are like doing their own like five Ks in like oh, have you yeah, heard yeah, of this? Yeah. Where yeah, you yeah, can yeah. sign up for a five K where you run by yourself and they send you a shirt and you pay them like twenty dollars <laughs> or forty dollars for them to send you a shirt that you could just buy. Yeah. Or right. make yourself and you just run by yourself. It, yeah, no, no <laughs> one can verify that you did it. Right. So you just I I did it. Where's my shirt? I'll pay for it. Right. Thanks for the shirt. I just bought a shirt. <clears throat> yeah. Weird. Okay. Um. Anyway. Why don't we take a break? All right, a little break, break. A little break, break, and then we will come mm-hmm. back with the main segment for this episode. All right. All right. Stick around. First, I just want to say that I apologize for my near Googling, and I promise to you and our listeners that I will not do that again. Really, the the thing is, you almost were you know subjected to an unexpected penis. You start Googling knobs. Oh, I expected a penis. That was the problem. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you actually were searching for penis, yes. not knowing there was no penis to be found. That really, there was just a biscuit. I don't know why that's really funny to me. Just, I was looking for penis. All I Just found got was a biscuit. biscuit. The Christy Davenport story? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <sighs> anyway, um, why don't we, uh, what are we talking about? This week, we are talking about a person. Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay, the caffeine is influencing it's really this getting you. a lot. Uh, um, okay. The thing we are talking about this week is not a thing, but a person. I'm Perd And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) The story about this story (laughs) is that it's about a person. (laughs) Um, This is episode 201. Wait, yeah? Mm -hmm. 202, right? Did you just jump us forward 100 episodes? I did. uh, 102. Yeah. Yeah, I totally got that label wrong. <laughs> you skipped wrong. the next year and a half. Yeah, I, I got the two in the one in That's the wrong right. spot. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did jump us like a hundred yeah. episodes. We're just going to save this one until 201 and yeah. we'll do something else. I was kind of thinking we could do the 200 to 300 episodes and then come back <laughs> and, and do the back. 100 to 200 episodes. Yeah, yeah I think that's good. Really mess it up. <laughs> um. So the topic that this week is a person named B. Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Uh, last name, or first name B-E, last name S-C-O-F-I-E-L-D, but it appears to be pronounced Sheffield. First name B? Like yes. the verb? Yes, like short for Beyonce. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Or Beatrice or 
Beetle. B E. B E, just B E, not B E A or Okay. <clears throat> um so B Sheffield, the guru hunter. The guru hunter. Yes. So as true crime enthusiasts and two people intrigued by the personality traits that allow people to prey on others, mm -hmm. some of our personal favorite episodes that we've done and our most popular episodes are about cults. Yep. Um, Definitely. Like Nexium, like Synanon, Enthusiastic Sobriety, Teal Swan. Landmark Forum is Landmark still Forum, up. just to name a few. Yeah. And some of our favorite people to talk about, or at least mine, are those who make a point to tackle cults head on and those who know what it's like to get sucked in, survive, and help others escape, like Steve Hassan, mm -hmm. one of my favorite human beings. He's the uh, the deep programmer. Yes. Um, he used to be part of the Moonies, and now he helps people get out of right. cults and MLMs and all kinds of things. Yeah. So when I stumbled upon... Uh, this article about B. Sheffield, I was immediately intrigued and a little bit surprised that we didn't already know about her. Never heard that name. Um, so this this article that I originally found is from the spinoff, and it the headline is Meet Guru Hunter B. Sheffield, Scourge of Cult Leaders Around the World, uh, by Anke Richter. Okay. Um so B. Sheffield, a.k.a. Shakti Hunter, will come back to that. <clears throat> She's a 38-year-old journalist who has made it her mission to expose up-and-coming cults on the rise, especially those guilty of sexually abusing and otherwise abusing their members. Um, she identifies as trans and queer and points out that she could be shooting herself in the foot by targeting groups whose ideologies fall on the left, but feels that someone needs to do it. Mm. All right. Uh, finding info on her was difficult. There were like a couple articles about her or that mentioned her, but it felt very recursive because so much of the information that was easily available seems to come directly from one of her many websites. Okay. And what doesn't come from her website, with the exception of the above article and one or two more, is not necessarily positive. And when that's the case, I have to like consider my angle and work harder to figure out how objective the information I'm finding is. This seems like your biggest challenge this episode <clears throat> is trying to figure out how, what you trust and from who. Well, like, like I just mentioned Steve Hassan, like mm -hmm. the, the kind of people who do this kind of thing and like take on cults and, and harmful groups. Yeah. Normally I would, I would gravitate towards them and be like, yes, I'm on board. But yeah. immediately with this one, judging by the tone of the original article I saw and the lack of other information, where that information was coming from, I was immediately confused. Okay. Like, I couldn't jump on board and be like, yes, this person. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on board. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's where the trouble lies with this. So I mentioned she has multiple websites, so I want to go through what some of those are. Yeah. One is decolonizingyoga.com. It was created in 2013 to unify those protesting the Yoga Journal Conference at the Hyatt in San Francisco. Um, and it seemed like there were some issues with, like, the staff of the Hyatt being underpaid and treated poorly. And there were a lot of issues surrounding this conference and the way it was being handled. Okay. Um, and then this website remained active thereafter to highlight the voices of queer people, people of color, disability activists, and more in relationship to yoga, spirituality, and social justice. That's like directly pulled from the website itself. This is a real specific <laughs> like 
and it just it just strikes me that like a, this this is like a specific take on a specific event in a specific industry. It's like so yeah. narrow. But, but considering that she is someone who identifies as trans and queer, it could make sense if, if she is into. I get the feeling she is into kind of new age things, and and that's how she okay like has found herself in the position of kind of infiltrating these groups. Okay. Um, so it would make sense that she could have a website dedicated to, you know, relationship to yoga of people who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, <clears throat> sorry, second website is the guru magazine or guru mag.com. That's hers. Um, she publishes her articles there. Don't seem to be articles by anybody else. Um, the, okay. A statement does appear on the about page, and this is important. It'll come back later. But it says, note, this site is hosted internationally. It's hosted in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And thus cannot be subjected to DMCA copyright claims or claims of harassment or defamation to the host. It is also protected by Cloudflare, which hides the IP and host and makes it very difficult to hack. Videos are hosted privately. See www.bshuffield.com, another website, uh-huh. for more about the founder, B. Shuffield. That that sounds like good practice if you're like in the business of um, trying to take down people that and might be litigious. It, it does. It's done for a specific reason. It makes sense, and we'll come back to it later. Contact shaktihunter123 at gmail.com. Feel free to send story suggestions, comments, or feedback. Um, it's been mentioned elsewhere that she doesn't even look into a group unless she has like four different sources making claims about it being a problem or she has experienced it herself. Okay. Um, so then if you go to bshuffield.com, the B E S C O F I E L D.com mm-hmm. gives some info about her and her work. It has a link for press, which of course is all positive. Uh-huh. Um, has her articles there again. It has a place to donate. Um, although it doesn't have her, she has a Patreon, Patreon, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have her Patreon listed there, which I just think is kind of weird. Yeah, like but if you're going to. If you're going to have one, why wouldn't it be on your donate page? But regardless, it's not yeah. that important. And a contact email again, which is the same one, shockdhunter123. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of stuff on her <laughs> website. Um, and I think I get to that more but all this stuff like i said it's recursive it all directs back to her other sites and her and her articles and it's funny we were just talking today about (laughs) Dwayne the great writer that episode and Mm -hmm. how that was a that was kind of like a similar thing of like all these different like tons of little uh islands of the difference with this is i know who the author is and i know who owns the sites it's her like she's not hiding that it's her sure but it's just like, why do you have five different websites? <laughs> Consolidate. Yeah, the, sure. the fees have to be outrageous. So <laughs> uh, she does have a Patreon with 10 patrons. Seems like she gets 38 bucks a month. So she's not bringing in a bunch of money from that. Okay. Um, like she, really, she, how did you find this person? That article. I, I don't even oh. remember how I came across it, but that original oh, yeah. article. Okay. Um, in it, it does seem like she gets donations. She's mentioned... In some of her articles that, like, the the way she can keep doing this is from donations. But it doesn't appear to be from Patreon. So they must be going to her other donate 
pages that she has on her websites. Uh-huh. Um, she's also been published in Tikun Magazine, T-I-K-U-N, and on Alternet. Um, she was at one point published on Medium. Her articles are no longer present there, though tags remain indicating that they were there at one point, and I'll talk about that more later, too. Is it? Can we talk about this real quickly? <clears throat> Medium is essentially a place where anyone can post. Is that right? Yes. So I always got but, the impression that they were like a news uh, <clears throat> aggregator or something, but it's really like people's blogs. Yeah, you can you can post your own articles there, but they do have community guidelines that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. So they could take an article down or, or potentially censor you if you're not following those guidelines, and that's important gotcha. for later. Okay. Um, so she makes many claims about being involved with exposing cult leaders and her work inspiring documentaries and articles by other publications, other publications using her original work, although those articles don't really necessarily mention her. Uh-huh. So it, it doesn't seem like, like there's an article that Playboy did about someone she did, uh, an expose on, and it doesn't necessarily seem like Playboy mentions her. Her work, right. that could mean that they're not giving credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. That could mean that she's inflating her importance a little bit. It seems like the main places she publishes her articles are her own websites, so I tend to question how are people even finding them. Um, yeah. But regardless, the, I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> she focuses on dangerous cults and abusive practices. Again, specifically smaller groups. She doesn't care about the bigger ones everybody knows about because – that's, you know, being focused on yeah. she cares about smaller ones that are coming up and maybe trying to prevent yeah, she problems have, from she rising. She can have more of an impact on like a small <clears throat> yes. group like that. She has, she at least claims and has many articles about a lot. Um, one is Muji, M-O-O-J-I. There's Yogi Bhajan. Uh, there, and a lot of these have to do with yoga, tantric yoga practices and and we've seen a lot of documentaries and stuff about some of these yogic practices being yeah. very uh, abusive and preying on people. The hot yoga thing in particular. Yes. So there's also um, Bentino Massaro, who I'll talk about more in a minute. Teal Swan. Oh, shit. And in that original article about her, it makes it sound like she's responsible for for like the kind of takedowns on Teal Swan that have happened. We all know it's us. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just kidding obviously um, we're the reason but what? no but there was like a very in-depth investigative podcast done on teal swan had yeah. nothing to do with her I, I sort of feel like the stuff that made teal swan have to like flee the country and all that you know set up <laughs> yeah. in south america or whatever she was but was was the, the words of her former friends yeah and former Members. associates yeah and she makes uh, B makes claims on her websites about like she she does these exposes and takedowns and how she shut down many groups, but it doesn't seem like they're necessarily shut down. They they might have changed their practices, they might have moved, but they still seem to be functioning. So I kind of question the the veracity of of her making these claims of like she's single handedly take, doing takedowns. Like right. she might be putting information out there and that might be a really good thing. But uh, I, I, I don't know, know this is, how exaggerated that is. This is sort of, I think, how people uh, <clears throat> grow their careers, I guess. Yeah. You know, kind of like placing themselves maybe a little bit more, you know, centrally to something than they really were. Yeah. So I can see how that works. 
Um, another one she's talked about is the Mad Hatter or Alex Vartman, uh, who's responsible for New Tantra. Okay. Um, he'll come up again later too. There's many, there's more. Um, B. Sheffield has gone undercover to investigate some of these groups, which I will get into more later. But aside from that, she has her own personal history with cults. Um, there's one story, Ash Village, Where Dreams Go to Die, uh, recounts her experience at an all-women's eco-urban permaculture community. It's a lot of mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> In 2015, it was run by Janelle Kapoor, who was exposed for abusing and traumatizing residents and workers for nearly 10 years. Oh, my God. So it seems like I'm having a hard time discerning if she naturally becomes involved with becomes involved with these kinds of communities because she is legitimately interested in kind of new age communities. Mm. It kind of seems like that's a case, but then she notices instances of abuse and other people tell her about it. Seems like some of the time she is targeting them and kind of infiltrates and does some investigative journalism and the other parts of the time might just like organically happen that she falls in and then realizes it's not so good. Yeah. Uh, it's so Boy, confusing. This really, yeah, I was going to say, this kind of like uh, blurs the sort of lines between different, mm -hmm. I mean, like we always it assume. It just gets more confusing. We always assume that people are going to go in and do this kind of thing are inherently going to be like skeptics or, you know, people who are yeah. like outside this, outside that kind of way of thinking. And we've seen it kind of a lot in like people who leave groups, like the person who left Teal Swan. Yeah. She was still into that kind of thing afterwards. She just moved on to another group. Right. and. My personal take is a lot of these groups, it is a very fine, dicey line between mm -hmm. like just being a harmless, spiritualistic group and preying upon people. And I feel like a lot of them tend towards the preying on people. Yeah. Maybe not even intentionally, but just because that's what they know, because that's what they learned. Right. From the kind of groups they've been involved in. It's just... You know, All these things feed into each other. Yeah. Scientology inspired this group, which inspired that group, which inspired this group. And yeah. Scientology was inspired by 10 other groups. Like, it's all the same. And people just get used to ways of thinking and operating that are, like, you right. know, sort of more general. Don't have to, anything to do with the specific beliefs of a group. You know, they like, yeah. just get used to, like, this is a normal way to be. This is a normal way for my relationships to be. And that's why they fall back into And the people stuff. want to be told what to do and what to believe Badly. and how to go about it. Badly. Because life is confusing and hard and making your own decisions decisions fucking sucks because you have to take responsibility yeah and for someone you trust to come in and be like don't worry about it this is what we're doing this is what you do this is your role here's how you go about it yeah. we'll protect you we'll take care of you blah 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 it's nice yeah sure it also ends up fucking over a lot of people <laughs> and ruining their lives yeah I'm not saying that all, like, obviously not all groups, not all spiritual communities, <laughs> not all religions not all are like that. <laughs> are, not all of them are cults, but there's a specific environment in which they grow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. So the second potential cult she was involved in, in her article, How a Cult Infiltrated the California Institute of Integral Studies, I don't know what integral studies is. <laughs> it's a term that baffles me. And I, full disclosure, did not get to read that article of hers in its entirety, but I'm really intrigued by it and I yeah. will read it. Um, she describes the harrowing account of leaving and exposing a personality cult in her own graduate program she was in in 2007. The husband and wife team were fired after a commission was convened to investigate. They found a cult-like atmosphere in which patients were in danger. Now, that's a quote from her website. 
Okay. Um, she seems to mention that the human potential movement was involved, which is something I've heard about yeah. before, but don't know a whole lot about. Um, and the little bit of the article I did gleam sounds like her and like three or four other students were really troubled by the things that were happening. Um, they spoke to the university about it and, um, an ombud person was put in and they did like an investigation. Um, um, ombuds? Ombuds person. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a committee leader. Yeah. You hear about it in like small communities when a project needs done or an investigation needs done. An ombudsman, okay. an ombudsperson, um, was was put in, and it seems like maybe didn't do a whole lot, and then B became more involved in and did more investigation. This is all according to her. Yeah, it's her take. So who knows? Yeah. I do want to look into that more fully and maybe I'll do an episode just on that. There's so much here. It, it, one of the things that strikes me is <clears throat> these claims can probably be checked against, you know, like newspapers it, or even student right. newspapers. It's or, just the fact that there's 20 different claims to look at because there's like 20 different cults that she's claimed to take down. It's yeah. like, where do I fucking start? <laughs> yeah. And all of those could be episodes on their own, which is where this became... I, a lot to do because it's mean. like, how am I verifying? Normally I would do a whole entire episode on one of these groups and now I'm supposed to like verify <laughs> all these claims about 20 different groups. Yeah. Um, but that article from her is called How a Cult Infiltrated the California Institute of Integral Studies. If yeah, you right. want to look at what she read, I am going to look into that further because I am very intrigued. I just want to know what integral studies Me are. Me too. I was just going to say, Allison, you know what integral <laughs> studies are. Um, so moving forward a bit, one of the gurus that B. Schofield, Sheffield has mm. exposed is Bentino Massaro, B-E-N-T-I-N-H-O, last name Massaro, M-A-S-S-A-R-O, okay. a.k.a. tech bro guru. Tech bro guru. So you know how Teal Swan has kind of like. She grew her group online and YouTube. This is another kind, another person along those lines. Okay. Like we we see more of these groups coming up on the internet sure. and like very decentralized. Um, so Bentina Massaro is originally from Holland. He grew up with parents who would embrace New Age ideologies and pass this on to him. So from a young age, he was a searcher. As a teenager, <sighs> these interests continued and eventually led to his spiritual voyage in India. Voyage. <laughs> Upon returning to his parents' home, he started uploading videos to YouTube about spirituality, um, seeming to have, like, you know, found some answers on his travels. Uh -huh. And people started following him and were taken in by his charismatic personality and his beliefs. Um, so he's young, physically attractive, mm -hmm. tech savvy, spiritually savvy. Mm -hmm. um, he's used his social media prowess to build his brand. And he focuses on two main lessons. Um, the first, this is a quote from the an article The Guardian did on him. The strange hypnotic world. Oh, uh, missing the whole article name here. But oh, okay. um, you can look up Guardian article on Bentino Massaro. Yeah. And they do mention B. Sheffield in it. Okay. On her site, one of her sites. She says that they like, she makes it sound like they focus on her. They mention her like once or twice, but it's I, about I'm, him. I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern. Of, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
they this is a quote from the Guardian article. The first was that achieving a state of enlightenment was possible without meditation or intense uh, self-reflection. You simply had to become simply had to become <laughs> aware of your awareness. Easy peasy. Oh, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Already there. What does that even mean? Mm, absolutely nothing. Becoming uh, aware of awareness doesn't, I don't mm, think mm-hmm, it means anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second was a re-articulation of the law of attraction made famous by Rhonda Byrne in her 2010 bestseller, The Secret, which posited that thoughts have a magnetic pull that physically attracts similar ener- energies from the universe. So if you want something to happen, the best thing to do is to verbalize it out loud and it will happen. It will come to you. If you're negative, you'll get bad things. If you're positive, you'll get positive things. Life doesn't work like that. Everyone gets shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> some people are happier with sh- the shit they get than others. A shit sandwich for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. Anyway. So then he moved to Sedona with some like-minded early followers uh, that refer to themselves as Trinfinity. Eventually, he moved towards a more commercial approach during which time he focused on expanding his reach and successfully grew his brand. In order to do that, he did things like introducing a hierarchy to the lessons. So like many of his original videos were still free, but then the new ones would be behind some kind of paywall. Boy, this sounds familiar. Uh huh. <laughs> That's how these things go for his more devoted followers. Yeah. Um, they, these... Changes alienated some of his original devoted followers who did not think of him as their guru, but more of like an equal partner in spiritual exploration. Mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, one of the former members said something to the extent of like, he at one point was getting a little too big for his britches and was like, well, you have to accept me as your guru or we're done. And she's like, well, well, you're not my guru. (laughs) And they kind of went their separate ways. And that was in the middle of him rebranding and, you know, increasing his reach. Um, So before. uh, Oh, okay, hold on. Missed my place there. So he forged on. Started putting on retreats and the largest of which was called the Sedona Experiment 2, which took place in Sedona. Uh I want to guess how much a ticket cost. Uh. Oh gosh, it's well. So I don't. It know. It does seem like it was many days. So this actually might not be too too bad if it was for the whole. Let's say four hundred bucks. One thousand one hundred ninety nine dollars <laughs> per ticket, but yeah. it could have been like a, a several day, maybe even a couple week event. Oh kind okay. Of thing. So who knows? If I was you're gonna say it's hard to but guess, but still that is a little pricey. A little bit. Um, if that was too steep, though. <laughs> Followers could attend online for a more affordable rate. I don't know what that more affordable rate was. Still too much. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> um, Phil's article on this is on her website, gurumag.com. It's called Tech Bro Guru Inside the Sedona Cult of Bentino Massaro. Okay. Um, before this event, event Bishafield herself had moved to Sedona. <laughs> and the way... That that original article I mentioned makes it sound is like she moved to Sedona and was going about her normal business. Mm-hmm. And she had moved there partly because it seems to be a hotbed of this kind of stuff. Yeah. But someone just came up to her and invited her to a meeting kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so she almost immediately catches wind of this group and starts attending events under the name Shakti Hunter. Now, this is how The Guardian portrays it? <laughs> no, that, the original article about 
about B. Sheffield that I mentioned. Oh, the one that right, the one that started all this. Okay. Yes. Um. So. So she she went to this group this meeting, and once she saw enough evidence firsthand, she concluded this group was a cult and wrote an article and published it on Medium. It was eventually removed for violating Medium's policy of uploading recordings without the individual's consent. Oh. These were recordings of Bentino and his followers. Um, she has since been banned from Medium, and I talk more about the reasons later, or whether it was actually a ban or whether it was her choice and all those things. Yeah. Um, quick trigger warning. Um, there will be mentions of suicide. So uh, 20 seconds or so give me like skip ahead 20 seconds. If you're not cool with hearing that, I'm not going to be too graphic about it, but it exists Mm. starting now. So after this article, the Sedona experiment two still went on. However, about midway through, I think it was six days in. One of the attendees, Brent Wilkins, drove to a nearby bridge and jumped. He left a suicide note in his car, and he did not survive. Um, Bentino left Sedona shortly after, though he hasn't stopped sharing videos of his messages on YouTube. There's some as recently as, like, there there were some in April. He talks about COVID-19 and what you can do during these times and all that. I wonder what he thinks we can do during these times. I tried to listen to some of it. It's just, it's just spiritual mumbo jumbo to me. <laughs> right. It meant absolutely nothing to me. And the person who wrote the Guardian article mentioned trying to watch a bunch of his videos and it being impenetrable because it was like language and yeah. and jargon that it's a problem with investigating a lot of these groups. We've it, talked about this before, but they, I had that problem with David Icke. Yeah. Once they form like a language and like a, a, a it's universe so of their own, you, you can't refute, you can't even, if you're not it. already there, there's, there's like, um, there's a threshold you have to already meet to yeah. be able to get into these people, which is like some core beliefs you already adhere to. It's a complete alternate reality. I'm not reality. a spiritual person in that way, so it just, like, it's over my head, and it was over the head of the person who wrote the article. Sure. I'm glad they were honest about that, because I was like, yes, yes, that's a problem. I think over over my head is not the right <laughs> expression. It's it's well beneath all of us. True, true. <laughs> it's, uh, over my, it's, it's not that it's a high concept I can't yeah. grasp. It's that it's... It's nonsense. It's a spider web of mumbo-jumbo. Right. Um... So, uh, where was I at here? Yeah, so Bentino left short at, uh, shortly thereafter. He hasn't stopped sharing those videos on YouTube and other social media. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, so one of the things that I, I take issue with with B, yeah. she talks herself up a lot, which you have to do. Yeah, But it just does. seems like a lot. Considering the number of websites she has and the claims that she makes and the way that she talks, it just is weird to me. Mm-hmm. So here's a quote from one of her websites. I think this is bsheffield.com. Okay. B. Sheffield is one of the most prominent reporters in the world exposing cults. She has traveled the country mysteriously, ending up discovering cults or abusive leaders and exposing them. Mysteriously. She's not trying. It just seems to happen. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that again later. Um, Her independently published articles have over one million views in the last one to two years and have led to international coverage, documentaries, and the shutting down of some of the largest cults in the world. Stories based on her work 
have appeared on CNN, The Guardian, The Daily Mail, Playboy, Vice, CBC, DZate, The New Zealand Herald, and more. She's represented by the prestigious United Talent Agency. Um, that's all the blurb says about that, but I read somewhere else that someone supposedly bought the rights to one of her stories and might be making a movie of it. Okay, but, like, even just evaluating that, like... It's a lot. That's It's <clears throat> too much to... I mean, the most... One of the most prominent? Yes. Then considering why, the, why does con- no one know right considering the only thing i could find out about you was mostly from your own websites uh-huh. and people who seem to like be very on your side i get put your best foot forward but this is it's uh, a lot yeah it's a little bit much um she has investigated a lot of groups i mentioned some of them earlier yeah maybe she is just a really good journalist but she seems to act independently she often describes herself as rogue her articles are self-published and hosted. Even the best journalists, without the support of an organization and the resources, connections, and protections, and money, since she claims to make none from her articles, would fail to be as prolific as she is. Yeah. She says she gets donations, but if everything is recursive and comes back to her website, how are people even hearing about her to donate? Yeah. She also talks as though these opportunities to infiltrate and investigate shady groups just fall into her lap mysteriously. Yeah. Um, like, she's not trying to do it. She just mysteriously busts up cults. <laughs> Whoops. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tripped into the middle of Bentina Mazzaro's cult in Sedona. My bad. <laughs> I, was trying to um, hang a, I was trying to hang a frame on the wall, and I accidentally <laughs> destroyed an international cult. Um. And some of these take place in, like, Thailand and stuff. It's not like, it's just, like, <laughs> somewhere she would normally be. Yeah. Um, cults and harmful groups of people are more prevalent than we think, especially in certain New Age circles. But again, you kind of have to be trying in order to be that prolific. Mm-hmm. She has detractors. Um, so her exposés. Oh, I kind of skipped one of the groups. Yeah. That she has mentioned earlier, and it's important for this next part. I did not mention Aravinda Himadra. Okay. Uh, he is the leader of a group that was formerly known as Children of the Light Cult on Orcas Island. And uh, the names always have to be so creepy. I know. <laughs> the death of a member called Carla Jean Schaefer. In 2013, B. Sheffield says she was the first to break the story about the death of Oh, oh no, that was someone else. In 2013, she was the first to break the story about the depth of transphobia within Derek Jensen's Deep Green Resistance Movement. Okay. It's a whole different thing, but she broke the story about Carla Jean Schaefer and Orcas Island and Aravinda Hamadra. And that is important right now because... Um, where was I? Okay. Um, her expose on him... Invited legal trouble. In June, Sounds True author and meditation teacher Aravinda Hamadra filed a U.S. $250,000 defamation lawsuit against Sheffield. Here we go. Alleging she had lied and acted with reckless disregard of the truth in a January 2019 article that explored the mysterious deaths of one of Hamadra's students 13 years ago on Orcas Island in Washington, where the master of the spiritual group Samboda, formerly known as Children of the Light, owns a home. Okay. Um, So that lawsuit was eventually dismissed. Her lawyer helped her pro bono. Oh, really? So that's important to know. She did not pay her lawyer. They took it on pro bono for whatever reason. That is 
that's really I mean that kind of says a lot. If you're if you're like the most prominent, you know, uh Well she just, she says she's basically poor. She doesn't make money from her article. She's doing this because she believes in doing it, supposedly. Okay. But all of this the travel, the moving, the investigating, the just living daily life, it takes money. Yeah, like and yes. I doubt that she's getting that many donations. Unless she has one person who's funding her or she's independently wealthy or is benefactor. doing something else for money. And none of that is mentioned. Yeah. You know, so. it, it's it's this explains to me, though, why her website is is like hosted in Iceland or wherever it is. That is, of, that is why I mentioned it'll come back later. Yeah. That is why she made her Defamation Guru Mag stuff. website and hosted it in Iceland and protected it in that way. Which if you are legitimately going after cults and stuff, they will try to hit you with the defamation suit. Yeah. You do have to protect yourself. They'll, they'll throw you know spurious lawsuits at you just to waste your time. Yeah. 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 So um she also has her fair share of other critics. It's hard to fully get a grasp on the origins of their dislike of her. Mm-hmm. It can be valid. Sometimes it feels pointed and very personal and since they don't provide their full name or maybe even real name, it's hard to figure out who they are or what personal beef they have with her, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these is cultureorcult.com. It's a website. Uh, Robert B. is the writer that writes most about her on there. Okay. Uh, seems to be, um, I don't know if he's the owner of the site or not, but he, he writes on there pretty often. He mentions having other people writing for them. Uh they write about a lot of things like MLMs and Trump supporters, but also write a lot about B. Uh, they seem to believe that, yes, some things like MLMs have the potential to be harmful, um, but there are lots of new spiritual ideas coming up. And these are sometimes uh, shut down immediately with the cult label. And, and that's B's whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they also suggest she has a cult-like following herself. Oh, that's um, interesting. They describe themselves as academics dedicated to identifying culture versus cult. It seems to be open to people sharing their own stories and cautionary tales. I feel like maybe at one point she shared her stories there, um, but they disliked and feared her tactics and potential lawsuits and maybe didn't agree with her conclusions of some groups being cults that they didn't think were cults. Okay. And they, they, they aren't the only ones who have issues with their tactics, hence her eventual separation from medium. Yeah. Um, this culture or cult thing comes up a lot when you look into this. A, oh, really? a lot of groups who identify as cult will parade that like, oh, cult's just short for culture. Oh, really? Well, well, yeah, maybe initially, but now it means dangerous group. That's actually the the first time I've ever heard that, and it's it it I, I'm fearful of how effective that might be. Yeah. So <laughs> there seems to be a line. A very thin line of like, until enough people come forward and be like, no, yeah, this new age group hurt me. Mm-hmm. There are pretty staunch defenders of like, it's just a spiritual group. Well, this is this is a thing that cults have to insulate themselves against already. And they have like a lot of ways of doing yeah. that. And among people, people who believe certain things that they probably get flack for from, you know, everyone else who doesn't mm-hmm. from skeptics and people who aren't spiritual, mm-hmm. are defensive. You know, Scientology declares people SPs, right? Yeah. So it's like you and, can't trust them. And We're even not, if you know. it's not a harmful group, 
people will get defensive if you're like, oh, I don't know, that's a little weird. Yeah. Why do you think that? (laughs) If they're questioned at all, they go on edge. And I'm not saying that they're wrong about their feelings on beat because I just don't know. Mm -hmm. But they do seem on the offense a little bit on this. And the, the whole site seems to be like, well, yeah, share your stories of like your experiences, but also like this is a discussion of what's a cult and what's culture. So maybe we decide a little bit of if you're right or wrong. Oh, okay. Which is like, I'm not, if I had a personal experience, a negative experience in a group and felt I was abused, am I really going to want to put it on a website that's like, we're discussing if it's culture or if it's really a cult. Like, that doesn't invite no an environment. It doesn't feel like an environment where I feel safe posting that. No, I don't think so either. I think I think no one, you don't want to go somewhere like that and risk being invalidated <laughs> by people. Yes. You kind of know what happened to you. You don't need right. someone to tell you that you were a part of a cult or not. Right. Um, maybe you do. I, I, I tried to look up who owns that, um, whatchamacallit. Not website, but the... Uh, what? <laughs> I tried to look up the owner. Of the domain? Of the domain name. Oh, okay, yeah. You, we, you, uh, we, you did we a uh, who is search right. on yeah. the uh, domain. Um, and uh, nothing nothing came of it. They seem to have done the extra step of paying to make their contact info private. Drat, mm-hmm. is what I wrote. <laughs> um, they do have... So a couple of the articles they have by Robert B., one is B. Sheffield, the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And the other one is B. Sheffield, an angry sociopath disguised as a journalist. So I wonder how they feel about her. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, wow. That's like a really pointed statement. And there is another one called a Statement Concerning Email of B. Sheffield. And they discuss a rant that... It was by B. Sheffield. She emailed them. They had some kind of communication. Okay. And this is direct, according to them, directly from that email from B. I will unmask anyone involved in this site and it will haunt each of you forever in making it publicly known the people who have written for this site. You've declared war, lifelong war. You think you can hide behind all this, but you can't. Your identities will be unmasked and put into the world. Jobs and money will be lost. Your reputations will be publicly ruined. You will be found, and you and your families will lose a ton of money. Well, wait, 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 wait. So what is this in response to exactly? According to the Culture or Cult site, they had some kind of email exchange. Yeah. They did not really, I did not read the whole thing very thoroughly, but they didn't really talk about the origin of it in that article. That's super important. But they made a point to put that blurb in from her. It could be a very valid, they could have been attacking her first. Yeah. I. <laughs> but, but that's something she said back to them. Yeah, it's pretty And nasty. they put that on there too. Um, there's another website called baxtersjournal.com. And... I also looked this up, but they specifically use a straw man proxy service called Who Is Privacy Corp. Okay. So I cannot get information on who owned that domain either. Yeah. It's more of a blog. Claims to be ethical journalism, which Culture or Cult does too. Mm-hmm. Um, lots, lots and lots of posts specifically about B, okay. very pointed. Um, some posts discussing ideas about what constitutes a cult, pretty similar to the first one. And I have kind of an idea. So okay. because the writing style seems similar and the ideas seem similar and it's pointed at B 
and it's ethical journalism, and they discuss what's a cult and what's culture. Uh-huh. The person who mainly posts about the on culture cult is uh, Robert, Robert B. B. Yeah, he said Robert B. This is Baxter's Journal. Baxter could be a surname, and this could be Robert, Robert Baxter. Baxter. <laughs> okay. I did Google search Robert Baxter. It's a character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a real person. I didn't get anything usable from that. It could be a pseudonym. They, um, but they certainly could, could be, be related. a name. This could be the same person. Yeah. Seems likely. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, this is more of a blog. Um, and they... They talk a lot about B. Sheffield and how she's shit. Like, like an outside, an outsize amount. Like almost every post is about B. Sheffield. Oh boy. You know what? Like there's a couple that aren't and are more generally about that culture or cult kind of idea, but almost all of them are about B. Sheffield. That would also be a really great way to make yourself seem more important than you are is to run (laughs) your own blog about how shitty you are. That is something I thought about too. Of like that, none of this is verifiable. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I would. Uh, this now was I'm difficult. Curious. Now I'm really curious. I know. I want to delve even further if I can. Yeah. yeah, I just. This might be a two-parter. Yeah. It, it, well, maybe maybe we team up on this and you help me. Ooh, our first ever team goose chase. But you you went into Dwayne the great writer and had to do a two-parter, and it was like you hit wall after wall after wall, and right. And looked up domain names and actually got hits. These people were smarter than those people. Well, yeah, domain privacy is pretty easy to come by if you yeah. actually care about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people just but don't they think it's they important. did and yeah. made my life hard. Thank you. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> so, there is a third person who is a, a critic of hers. Um, has a website called Integral World. Again, Integral shit. Integralworld.net. Also has JoePerez.com. He actually uses his name, which is a little easier. I didn't get to read his stuff too, too much. But he criticizes her for basically using terms like integral injustice and and, and muckraking the <laughs> integral thing. I don't know what it is, so I can't speak <laughs> on if she's right or wrong to do that. Okay. But the main article that comes up on his page is Criticizing integral abuse, B. Sheffield and the culture of adversarial journalism, or mean green Sheffield. There she goes again. Just kidding. Hmm. That's in parentheses. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. So at first I was like, oh, maybe this is like friendly and it's like a prod at her, like a joke. But then when I started to read it, it was like, no, clearly like you dislike the way she goes about things. And that might be purely that might be justified. I, um, I, I'm I'm deeply struck by the the strangeness of one person <laughs> with like f- f- five f- websites, five websites, a very limited number of patrons on Patreon, uh, someone who's not Somehow making money, doing things that cost a lot of money to do, but has also attracted so much hatred, so as to have like a blog that's basically all about her. And, but and, but and, and here other... is here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Some communities, although large, are very, very small. Um, Like people who believe in certain New Age concepts, whatever the integral thing is. Like she went to school for that. That seems important now. It might be a pretty small community when all is said and done. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So if you're taking on the facets of a community like that, that you were once a very big part of, uh-huh. um, you might gain the ire of, of quite a few people yeah. who know you fairly well. So I, I don't want to dismiss that out of hand, but <laughs> it's something to look into further. Um, just to say a little bit about Joe Prez, it does seem like he is involved in queer and trans interests, um, and the integral scene and integral abuse. He, he uses the term integral scene. And I'm like, I don't know what this means <laughs> earlier when you heard me go, I don't know what this means. No, yeah. that's, I don't know that's why. Um, so I want to jump back real quick to the whole medium thing. Okay. Um, so some of her critics allege that she was banned from Medium. Her article on Bentino was removed for violating their policy on uploading recordings of subjects um, like Bentino and his staff without their consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, her article on the Mad Hatter was removed after Medium censored her report, as according to B. Yeah. Um, she implies that she removed herself from Medium due to that censorship. But... Tags remain on Medium, indicating her articles were once there, but the articles are gone. Yeah. If you just stopped writing for them, I would imagine her articles would be still be there. It seems likely that Medium got fed up with her not following the rules and yeah. took her stuff down. Right, right. Okay. Um. So I just wanted to put a fine point on that, and here's my conclusion. Okay. The idea of what B does is great. Yeah, We believe in protecting people from those who would prey on them. I immediately wanted to have a new hero. (laughs) I immediately was prepared to be like, yes. Well. But. But but you are a skeptic. And the the first article by Anke Richter, Mm -hmm. it seems like they run in the same circles. They believe the same kinds of things. And immediately I was like, okay, the tone is weird. Yeah. The way you're addressing this is weird. It, and then that's the only positive article about her. Uh-huh. She's mentioned in all her articles, but kind of in passing. It, it's, it was weird. Um, so even after this research and desperately wanting to find a new hero in Bo Sheffield, something still feels off. You said Bo. Bo. <laughs> Sorry. I love my dog. Uh, B, Sheffield. <laughs> Some red flags being her lack of mainstream accessibility and support. Uh-huh. Her pride in being rogue, her lack of care for following the rules of like the places where she posts her articles, uh-huh. libel laws, etc. Yeah. Um, off on the one hand, often the villains are protected by those laws, but B is too. Yeah. Right. So yeah. constantly disregarding policies about recording people and sharing recordings and things like that doesn't feel right to me. I would agree to, for to most part. Yeah. piss off places you can publish so much that the only places your article will appear are on your own websites. Yeah, which is essentially like pirate radio because it's like, yeah. how, how know, do you direct people back to you? Yeah. I, I don't know if she has a million view, a million reads in two years. How? Yeah. If in that time period you have alienated a bunch of places you could post your articles. Yeah. I, I go back and forth on this because she is just one person. Right. And if she's in the right and just hasn't gotten support, sometimes you become a bit of a vigilante. Mm-hmm. And that's a complicated position. Because on the one hand, I'm all about justice, but sometimes my sense of justice doesn't necessarily line up with the things in place. 
Right. Because they don't work the way they're supposed to work all the time. You mean like the rules? The, uh, the, the... Well, like, you know, the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, you know, being as fair and objective as possible. Yeah. When, when you have a take and you believe you're in the right, it's easy to fudge. It's easy to blur that line. Yeah. And I just can't make a conclusion about her that's positive completely. I could, you know what the thing is, there's enough <laughs> circumstantial stuff to question. There's, there's just enough. Something feels for off. Doubt. Yeah. Something feels off. There's plenty of room for doubt. And I do think that, I, I think that there, I detect a thread of something narcissistic. Yes. That is concerning. Um, the way she talks herself up. Yeah. It's not, so like when you write um, like a cover letter for a job, right? Yeah, right. It's You're the same seeing... kind of thing. You have to write in third person a little bit sometimes. You have yeah. to describe yourself. Um, and you want to put your best foot forward. Everyone does that. Yes. But. This is more than that. Saying that you are like the most prominent writer on these cults and like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like your articles only appear on your own websites. You're absolutely not the most prominent. You're not the biggest person doing this. So yeah. like to say that is just false. Yeah, right. And and to make the claims that like all these people have used your research it feels like you Googled the thing that you did the research on. Yeah. And then you were like, well, I wrote about this too. So they. They wrote, obviously took from me. They took it from me. Yeah. But like they probably didn't even know that you wrote about it because you only publish it on your own website. Like. It, yeah, right. Like how would they even get to your information to steal and repurpose it? Or if it? they do mention her, like they, they mention her, mm -hmm. like. Like the Guardian's article did. That was a good audio, uh, a good <laughs> article by Bentino Massaro, by the way. Yeah. But it it's a good article. It's a regular article. It yeah. mentions a person involved, B. Sheffield. Yeah. But it doesn't make her the hero necessarily. Mm -hmm. It just mentions like this is what she did. She wrote an article about him. Things still went on. This ended up happening. She continued need, to pursue it. I feel a need to read those articles myself. The Guardian seems objective. Yeah. It it just, it mentions her because she was involved. Mm -hmm. um, the original article by Anki Rector, it does not seem objective. Um, it has a lot of information in it, but it's a lot of the same information you find on B's websites themselves. Again, it's just all very recursive and yeah. hard to know. What is real or not. Right. Um, and and like I said, some of her critics throw back that cult term onto her and uh -huh. say she has kind of a cult of personality around her. That but that I don't I don't know if I, I don't know. Yeah, like again, do we even know if this person has any followers? Well right. other than the handful of people we know are on her Patreon. Yeah. And like Uncle Richter who's written these articles and stuff like that. But the, so here's something I'll say. B. Yeah. Sheffield seems like the type of person that maybe would Google her own name or have a Google alert on her own name. Uh-huh. Because um, that would be Im important to the kind of thing that she does. Yeah. So if she sees this, I I want to know more. Like, I, I want to have a conversation. I want to clear up red flags. I want to continue doing research on this because she's exactly, if she's doing what she says she's doing, is exactly the kind of person that I want to talk about and be proud of. Oh but boy. 
I need, I can't. With red flags being there, I can't. Yeah, I, I do not. There's just enough room for doubt in the whole thing. So I invite a conversation, oh and boy. I'm going to continue to do research. Yeah, I, oh boy. I mean, like, I, I hesitate to invite a conversation with anyone who seems, like, so scrappy. Well, it doesn't <laughs> feel fair to talk about someone and have questions about them and not let them at least have a, com like, take part in the conversation. Yeah, Because maybe the questions are easy to answer. Yeah. And maybe she can do that. And maybe she'll never hear this. That's fine. Whatever. We're yeah. fucking little and no one listens to us, but like five people. <laughs> right. Whatever. Maybe we're not important enough for it to matter. And that's okay. <laughs> right. But this is important to me. Like, I, this stuff is important to us. Uh-huh. It's why we talk about it. We're intrigued by it. We, we dislike people getting hurt. We dislike people getting preyed upon. And so someone being against that mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah, right. I mean... But if they're problematic, too, that's also not good. Yeah, you're right. So it, this this whole episode got really messy. <laughs> <laughs> it I'm was like, really difficult. I'm, like, sitting here, like, reeling, like, is this even the end of anything? Or? It might not be. <laughs> I, I We might do further reading and research and come back to it. Yeah. We will see what happens. But that's the best conclusion I have right now is that I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah. I there was too much to try to look into. I would have to read every article she wrote and there's a lot. Yeah. Um and read try to find objective more like separate articles about those things mm -hmm. and and see what they say about it and uh, like I said any one of the groups she talks about could be a whole episode of this podcast and she's talked about like 20. Right. And she makes a lot of claims about a lot of people. So it was just too much to expect myself to do that much research. Yeah. Do 20 episodes worth of research <laughs> in one episode. It's you can't do 20, 20 in one. No, you can't do that. And even if we continue this, that's not that's still not going to happen. But <laughs> <sighs> well, to be continued, maybe, I think is the conclusion. Damn. We'll look further and we'll figure out if there's anything more. But this, Jeez. I wanted an easy thing. I saw that article. It was like, that's fucking awesome. And then I went down a rabbit hole that I could not find my way out of. You opened a real can of worms with this one, Davenport. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to think about this. Yeah. Um, it, obviously, I appreciate the research that you put into it. And uh, I, I don't think it was possible to have anything <laughs> other than like still an open question at the end Just of this. Big old question marks. Yeah, but wow, very very interesting. And now I'm I feel like I'm gonna have to take the dive. <laughs> I I do think we should do something unprecedented and team up. Team Goose Chase. Yeah, because you have skills that I do not have. Not um, really. I I think you're better at finding information sometimes than I am. Eh, not really. Yeah. We both have Google and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but you've done some deep dives that I would not have gone the same direction with, and I appreciate the tactics you take. So maybe, maybe next episode, even we'll see. We'll yeah. we'll reconvene. We'll we'll dive into some of this a little bit more, and we'll try to see what we can find and go from there. 
Okay. Well, uh Sorry, there wasn't a real good conclusion <laughs> on this one. No. I wanted there to be, but it was impossible. I really like that we're in this place for once. Oh, I fucking we... hate it. My stomach <laughs> is just a mess. I also drink coffee, so that's part of it. But I I hate not knowing. I hate I'm... not knowing how I feel about a person? <laughs> well, you, you and I go in and give almost everything the benefit of the doubt from the start. And like you like you said, this is not something you went in like looking to come out with a right. A, 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 you know anything but disparaging. I also, but but I also get feelings about people. Sure. I also get feelings about like when things just don't jive. Yeah. Because I'm skeptical, and yeah. I don't. I want to believe in people, and I am open minded. I am not necessarily a trusting person off the bat. I think that's true. I think you um, approach with uh, with uh, the appropriate caution you should have towards other people. Because I've been hurt. <laughs> I just <laughs> smacked my pen against my <laughs> laptop, putting the pen down. Um, because What I've, the fuck is the podcast dog doing here? Uh, he jumped the gate, even though there were three chairs in front of it. You. <sighs> He's you, impossible. Um, you. I... Because I've been in situations from, like, being a kid when, like, I thought the best of someone and wanted to help them and then ended up feeling like, oh, hey, they just used me. Mm-hmm. I am not quick to trust. I'm open-minded and I want to think the best of people. Yeah, you're also not quick to shut people down. You just no. you, you keep an open eye. Yeah, and if I feel like they're, like, manipulating me or someone else... Then I'm not going to really be like too keen on them. And yeah. something about the way things were written and everything being recursive and directing back to one of her several websites was just like uh-huh. Red Flag City. Right. Like this is not the way that uh, this is not what the top of the mountain looks like. Yeah. If you are the most prominent writer on this, that's not usually the form it takes. Very interesting. Um uh, we, I, I feel like we're repeating ourselves a little bit yes, here. Yes, yes, so. yes, yes, yes. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, I got to get this dog uh, back upstairs where he belongs. So thank you very much, Christy, for a shit ton of work and <laughs> and for it, making you do some. I work. was going to say and for the work I have to do now. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thanks. Um, no, this was a really good one. Um, we will be back in two weeks mm-hmm. with another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Uh, if you're listening today, uh, call your mom. Call your mom. Or don't if that's not a good relationship for you. Well, yeah, but if maybe so, you don't call your mom. That. If you like your mom and you're thinking about your mom, call your mom. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 